Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Dr. Neil Rauder is this infectious diseases specialist, Halton Legion, Ontario, assistant professor, Department of Medicine at the University of Toronto. We like to talk to Dr. Rao about the issue of COVID in Canada. Dr. Rao, thank you very much for coming on the show. And what are your thoughts, first of all, on reopening this country? And specifically over the last couple of days, a lot of the conversation has been about Ontario. At the same time, Manitoba is uh, experiencing a, a rise in COVID cases and Saskatchewan's ahead of the rest of the country. What do you make of all of this? Well, I firstly think we all have to do the same kind of thing in each province and use similar thresholds to make decisions. Because what's starting to happen is everyone starts looking over their shoulder and the neighbor saying, how come they can do this, but we can't? The other thing is we also have to follow with the U.S. degree. Because we can't have a situation where people watch American TV and see the CDC saying, hey, if you have had your vaccine, you can consort with other people who've had their vaccine indoors without a mask. When it comes to Canada, we have a totally different system. And also, if other countries of the world are opening up to travel on the precondition of a vaccine, whether you like it or not, then we should do the same thing. So I, what I do think we need to see is much more similarity. We shouldn't have individual loud science activist interests on Twitter running the show for each province based on how loud they are and how much of a group letter they get signed. We have to move to something much more national where all the provincial premiers, the medical officers of health get together and do something similar. Yeah, I absolutely concur because if we don't do that, then you're going to have people saying in one province, well, how come they're doing better than us? How come we're closed and they're open? And it becomes really a competitive reality when it shouldn't, when we should have a, we should have a national policy. And certainly the uh, the efforts have been put in place. We're going to be speaking later with the national manager for the SARS uh, pandemic in 2003. Dr. Ronald St. John is going to be joining us. We'll find out what he says about how well we've done as far as using what we put in place after SARS was concerned. Now, what about then the border issue? I know this is one you've talked to us about before. In the United States, 127 million people have been fully vaccinated, both jabs. In this country, so about 38.5% of the population. In this country, about 4% of the national population has been, has been vaccinated. They've said, Trudeau has said, the border won't reopen until June the 21st, earliest. What, does, not, does that all make sense to you? What would you say about the border? Well, I've always been much more liberal about opening the border with the U.S. especially for economic reasons, practical reasons, family reunification reasons. But let me go further to say that everyone thinks if you've had only one dose of the vaccine, you're only 50% there. But you're 50% there in terms of number of doses, not in terms of degree of protection. You're actually 90% protected with one dose. It's just a small group of people don't get protection after one dose. And when you get to the second dose, it reaches 95% or better. So we should be comparing the U.S. and Canada one dose to one dose, not looking at how many people have had two doses. Because if we wait for two doses, we're going to be waiting till November to get things where we want to get them. So setting targets based on two doses is an absolute mistake, either in Ontario or federally. If people have had even one dose and we've reached the same level as the U.S. and our disease levels are the same, why can't we think of this like water at a lock, at a water lock, where you have high-level water and low-level water, and they've now reached the same level? You can open the lock and let the boats pass through. That's what we have to do now. We are similar. Michigan and Ontario are very similar. Across to Michigan, people are enjoying pubs, outdoor patios, living a completely different life. 
and they're not causing carnage by doing it, and we should allow people to go from one to the other quite easily. Now, so so age, age wouldn't then be a significant factor that uh, that senior citizens in, in the country who have one dose of vaccine, because, you know, the conventional wisdom is if you're a senior, you have less protection, less immunity. So if you have only one dose and you're a senior, you're still okay. Well, it's not as good as being younger and getting it, but still the level of protection is substantial. We uh-huh. can't aim for an A+. plus. We're talking about aiming for the difference between an 85, which is an A, to a 95, which is an A+. plus. At some point, we actually have to let people uh, meet with their families and interact with each other. Keeping ourselves locked up like this yeah, no, is I, I know the Atlantic provinces are trying this, but there are huge economic costs to playing island forever. So they'll have enviable numbers. Same for New Zealand, but they are paying a huge price, and Canada will pay a huge price to keep that in existence. What do you say to the Pfizer CEO saying a booster vaccine may well be necessary within 8 to 12 months after being fully vaccinated? Yeah, maybe. But you know what? At that point, we have to look at the people at greatest risk for a bad outcome from the disease. Because right now, the goal of vaccination is to use it to stop transmission. All these other non-pharmacologic interventions, the masking, the physical distancing, etc., lockdowns, these things have had minimal benefit, if any, but the vaccinations had a dramatic benefit in terms of stopping transmission. Now we have to look at this like a mitigation strategy. How are we going to prevent the bad outcomes of the disease, not stopping the transmission of the disease? Because there are going to be, there are going to be new variants. There's another kid around the block, new kid on the block. So you'll have some new variant. You might even have a Canadian variant, for all we know, that starts to pick up steam when the fall shows around, shows up. So we have to then have an approach to that that's logical. We can't return to another lockdown. And we can't try to vaccinate an entire populace all over again and go for 90% or 80% vaccination with the booster. It's good for Pfizer's market share, but it's not good from a practical point of view. We can't keep doing this. So at that point, we look at who's at high risk. We know who's at high risk. Older people, people with underlying diseases. We've learned a lot about COVID, and it doesn't change from a variant to a non-variant the risk profile of who gets hit the hardest. Right. Even the younger people who got hit hard by the UK variant are largely obese or diabetic or have kidney disease, and a small number of them are otherwise healthy, and then it's the people who work in congregate settings and group settings who do get hit harder, like people working okay. in factories and so on. So you can still target your vaccination program with a booster to those people, but I think we're ahead of ourselves. Right. We don't know what's coming and how well the booster might even work or not, and we need one. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.